This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.44 and it's time for today on Twitter where we're asking, could your household manage with just one car? So this comes by way of Kyril Yusuf, who says it's a heat wave and we could really do with more green spaces and trees. Here's how more cars and demand for parking destroys the environment in Subang Jaya. First, you start with shady tree-lined roads with a few cars parked in green bricks. As more cars start doing that, killing the grass, turning it into mud when it gets wet, you then get calls to convert the green bricks into proper parking lots. Then it's paved over into parallel parking lots. It starts to get hot, more cars park. Eventually, the trees start dying with green bricks all now paved over. We need more parking, the residents complain, so it becomes side-by-side parking. Falling branches over my car, dangerous, so they now get cut down. No more trees, just cars and more parked cars. So this essentially I think paints a really dire picture, but also something quite familiar, right? If you live in housing areas um, with each household having two, three, four cars, eventually where those cars are going to be parked becomes a real problem. And um, by and large, it tends to become uh, a question of uh, our trees and our small green spaces more important or spaces for residents to park their cars. Yes, because Kyril is basically saying that, look, this is how you do it, right? Car-free local trips. You walk or you cycle more to your local neighbourhood shops and your schools. You take public transport or you plan for a one-car household. And this is interesting because I was thinking about it and I... uh. I hesitate to generalize, you know, because I know that everybody will know somebody with another reason. But I think that there are a fair amount of multi-generational households in Malaysia. And that when you have said multi-generational household, that is when the one-car situation gets very tricky. Because I agree with this entirely in principle. I think that if our town planning was appropriate, um, if well, if our town planning was appropriate, the trees wouldn't have been cut down. But, you know... Um, if our town planning makes sense, we, we live near public transportation hubs. If uh, that last first mile problem is addressed, then all of this is possible. If, however, you live in a multi-generational household and you are part of the sandwich generation, then it starts to get a little bit dicier because you have different timings to accommodate. People need to go to market, to school, to work. Um, people need to figure those things out. Some people cannot do things unsupervised. In that instance, how do you then, how do you, I think just the amount of planning required to make this work, despite these steps being ostensibly very simple, um, starts to get increasingly complex. Your multi-generational point, I think, is is really, really uh, relevant because I think back to when my family could function with just one car and it ended at the point when different people within the family, i.e. my siblings and I, started each going off to college, um, having different timings, and then perhaps one person starts working. Um, and, and it became impossible. At some point, um, it does end up becoming almost a requirement. And, and it's not even because people are irresponsible. It's because there is 
largely still no other way for people to to do these things, right? Um, and and we keep coming back to this lack of uh, pub- comprehensive public transport, the lack of the last mile connectivity. Um, but I think those are relevant points in this conversation. Yeah, and I wanted to bring it up because Subang Jaya is a particularly interesting place to to situate the conversation, right? Because it's relatively affluent, and so I I think um it's relatively affluent. It is also a space in which there are a lot of uh, educational centres. So you, you see this coming up in particular in relation to that. Um, it's also where a lot of people have family homes. So I, I think that um, it's very easy when you're talking about an affluent neighbourhood to fall into the trap of, look at them, look at them and their four, how, four cars or their three cars. And I I can see that. And I, I, I think that you can cut down the amount of cars you have in your house. One car in a multi-generational household I really think is a challenge. So we would like to hear from you though a thought experiment. Could your household manage with one car? Let us know. You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back after this for your messages. So keep it here. BFM 89.9 BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.55, you're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And on today on Twitter, we've been talking about, um, well, a simple question really. Could your household manage with one car? Send your thoughts through. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We have a voice note that's come in. This is from Roberto. My household managed with one car. Still, kind of. The problem came with my wife had to start working a little bit farther. Then she needed to have a different car because. Uh, it was just simply impossible for me to go and fetch her and then go back to my office on time. But uh, I guess I'm taking into consideration the multi-generational household, I think that it all boils down to an effort. Cars are just simply kind of a necessity if we made them a necessity. Because if we plan accordingly, even though with the poor uh, town planning, uh, public transportation system is very poor in terms of commuting and everything, still can be planned. You know, I mean, if you need to go to the college, there's no need for you to have a kid that is going to college in a car. You can fetch her to the transport, public transport station, either MRT, bus stop, or whatever, with enough time for whatever emergency that would happen, then the kid can, can just arrive to the college on time. Worst case scenario, you can fetch it on time earlier. So what is the disadvantage? Somebody has to sacrifice time early in the morning to do all sorts of things. Yes, of course, I'm just saying it's just effort effort and planning, perhaps too much. Roberto, thank you for that. I'm glad you clarified that effort part with perhaps too much because I think um, I agree with what you're saying. I do think, though, that it takes a lot of planning, a lot of effort, which may be beyond some people's ability. Yes. Um, So 
when you said too much, I thought, you know what? For my household, too much. Um, the two people working within this household work in opposite parts of town, have varying schedules, um, have last-minute meetings. It's just not going to work. We can't plan that far ahead. Uh, we are running out of time, but I did just want to get to these points by uh, Chinwa as well as Michael, both uh, suggesting motorcycles as one alternative, um, which I thought was interesting. So, uh, yeah, I, I think so. I do. I'm glad, though, that Chinwa also... Actually, no. Michael references safety, mm -hmm. saying if our roads were safer, I would downgrade to a motorbike because that was my primary thing. Um, I think for the distances I travel, actually, a motorbike is is possible. Um, I don't know if I can wrap my head around the, the safety aspect of riding a motorcycle in urban centres in Malaysia. Mm, and I think it requires quite a mind shift uh, for many of us. Um, keep your thoughts coming. Um, after the 6 o'clock news on Inside Story, we're going to be talking about whether we like self-ordering or ordering with QR codes at restaurants. So send your thoughts through on that and keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.